he needs to get laid. He does. I want to like butter off of his abs. Yeah. Like I just. Welcome back to another episode of Reading Between the Wines. I'm Kat. I'm Steph. And today our book is A Court of Wings and Ruins, um, the third book in the installment of the Akatar series. A lot happens in this book. I, we, we can just start off by prefacing that. Like, this book is like action packed from the very first page to the very last page. Um, this honestly is a contender for one of my favorites in the series. Yes, um, it's to be in fact 699 pages in 82 chapters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if we forget anything in this podcast of this episode, please be gentle because there's so much that happens that we were just talking and I don't really, I, I had to look back to see where we left off. <laughs> The magic of editing. <laughs> so, so where do we want to begin? Um, I, I have these questions here. Um, I couldn't really find a, like a good set of questions, so I guess I'm just gonna pick and choose the ones that I like here, and then we'll find another list. Um, so let's start here. Um, let's talk about what happens to Amarin um after the cauldron. Uh, no. Let's scratch that. We're going to go back some. We're going to start with the question one. Okay, so why don't we start with this question? Why did Tamlin make a deal with Highburn? How did he follow through, and how did he manipulate the deal? With whom did Feyre also make deals, and what was their price? So making deals is kind of like... its I mean, it, it's always happening in this book. I mean, Feyre made a deal with Reeson at the first book um, for his help. She's made a deal, which we will talk about here. Feyre makes another deal. Um, but let's first talk about Tamlin's deal. What, what, what's, what's Tamlin's deal with Highburn? At the end of Mr. Theory, they are on their way to Highburn to kind of, I guess, kill him. Not kill him, but like, kind of put an end to all this madness. You know, like in our last cool. podcast, we talked about how they were basically collecting those horcruxes, um, to get to the cauldron. Yes. Well, so they knew that they... They had to get near Highburn to get to the cauldron. And so they are there. Well, they're getting there and they realize that they're being ambushed and that Highburn has knew this whole time what they were trying to go after. Well, Tamlin um, broke a deal and said or did brought her sisters there. And Highburn ends up throwing her sisters in, remember Nesta and Elaine, into the cauldron. Yeah, so Tamlin agreed that in exchange for Highburn's help in getting Farah back from Reeson, that he would also open the Springport's lands to Highburn's forces. So Highburn and all his commands basically now have full reign over the Springport. Um, in exchange um, for Farah. Um, so that kind of puts us right there at the beginning of Wings and Ruins. We start off with Feyre back living in the Spring Court. Um, she is a woman undercover. She is pretending um, that her her bond with Reeson is gone, um, and she's still madly in love with Tamlin. And he falls for it. Very hardly, he falls for it hard. 
he he goes right back into his and i mean favor plays a very a, a great character because she's an actress oh yeah she does she, she uh, that line and look what you made me do oh well basically the whole beginning of this book is just like Feyre's look what you made me do her reputation error um I'll be the actress starring in your bad dream like that's Feyre in the beginning of the book yes and I love Feyre so much because she she's doing all this like she's leaving her safety and everything I mean she's leaving her sister's Think about it. Her sisters have just been thrown into the cauldron. They don't, they're Fae now. They definitely don't want to be Fae. Um, and I guess this would be a good time. So Elaine, so she is the middle child. Mm-hmm. And she is actually engaged to be married to one of the, he's, he, he's one of the pr- princes, right? He's a wealthy person in the human yeah. world. <laughs> yes. It, but the thing about them is they, what who do they hate? They hate the Fae. They hate the Fae. So she is to be betrothed to marry um, this man. So Elaine has her to be wed fiance in the mortal realm, I guess you can call it. But now she is Fae. And Feyre is still in the spring court, obviously, throwing um, Tamlin and Lucian for, like, uh, like she's I'm, playing them. She's playing them. But I will say, do you think that Lucian picks up on her? Yeah. He's totally like, there's something amiss here. Right? Well, and especially, I think, because remember in um, Miss and Fury... He ran into her in the woods, and she was like, leave. I don't want you. I don't want to go back. Yeah, Lucian is very well aware that she wanted nothing to do with him. Yes. But not to harp. I don't feel like we should harp too much on the beginning of this. Um, no. Because, I mean, it's all developing. And, I mean, we know what we're after in this book, and that is to end Hyper. And so he doesn't well, yeah. at all. I mean, that's a whole war is like war is coming and it's it's coming faster than anyone here realizes. Yeah. So why do you think it was important for Feyre that her and Reese um, showed like a solid unified front in front of their family? Um, and then how is this different to her relationship with Tamlin? So I, I, I think I can get us started here. Um, obviously, we've talked about this in the past with Tamlin. He never saw Feyre as an equal. Um, yeah. So I think it's really as simple as Reese and Feyre see each other as equals, not one above the other. She's high lady and he's high lord. Um, one isn't better than the other, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I mean, Tamlin always has to be that masculine um, overprotector, and Reese just wants to be her equal. He wants her to do whatever she wants to do you know i mean it does not what everyone wants i mean yeah no well see the thing about reese is like he's like big and strong and can provide for her if she wants it but then like it's so hot because he sees her as an equal to like uh it's like she she can like she gets it both ways you know Uh. and also i forgot to comment when we were first starting this guess what shirt i'm wearing 
Oh yeah, Steffi's birthday was um the other day, and so I got her like this like it is like Kindle cover um that has like the city of Valeris and stuff, like a Valeris um T-shirt and a little tote bag. Yes, and the sweatshirt is so comfy. Are they good quality? Yeah, yeah, and it was really great. Cool. I'm gonna order myself one. No, you should. Well, and then I've been looking on Etsy too because I need a, like a recent one. Yeah. Um, because on the side note too, I went to. Bam today, Bucks Million, and because I got a bunch of gift cards and all of that for my birthday. Well, anyway, I was walking around and they have a big section for Fourth Wing, and I cannot wait till we cover Fourth Wing so much. But they had I just sent her Katie a picture of it, and it's this Zayden top, and it <laughs> says Zayden on it, and it, I need it. A did it say oh, holy fucking hot? <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. I saw that and I was like, well, I guess you're not taking that to school. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, I guess you could cover it with a sticky note. Yeah. Um, but then I also they have like shirts there and sweatshirts. And so they have one that says that same thing on it. And I was like, Well, I probably shouldn't buy that one. But they had a Basgaff um sweatshirt. But I was trying to look for um a quarter of thorns and roses, but they had nothing. So weird. It's weird. Because, I mean, they're so they're both of them, like, very big fantasy books right now. <laughs> this question, I'm going to try and kind of add on it. Um, it. The question just says, what was the bone carver and to whom was he related? So let's, let's talk about the bone carver for a second here. Feyre makes her second deal in this book, mm-hmm. and that is with the bone carver. Um, well, she, she tries to make a deal with him for, like, the whole book, and then it finally happens towards the end. Um, I believe he, he, oh, he asked for an exchange for him to come out and help them win this war. He wants this mirror. Um, and it is said that no one has ever captured this mirror because when you look into it, it makes you mad. It drives you crazy. Um, because it shows your true self. It shows your true self. And then, spoiler alert, at the end of the book, Feyre is able to retrieve this mirror and get it to the bone carver, um. But it, it takes her basically the whole book to work up the mm-hmm. courage to do this. But, I mean, I think that just shows it because if you, like, if I were probably, I'm going to reread this series. If you start from the beginning of even um, Wings and Ruin to the end of who Feyre is, every book I'm like, well, Feyre's character development is spectacular. I'm like, she yeah. can't get any stronger. She can't get any more wiser. She she can't do it. But then yeah. it does. And I'm like, damn, I I would not, <laughs> I don't think I would be able to do it. Um, but yeah, so she makes that deal with the bone carver and that she has to get the mirror and she does. But so the bone carver, they refer to him as a death god, um, mm-hmm. which literally is what it sounds like. His power literally is just death. And to whom was he related to? Um. Th- we learn here that he's not necessarily related to her, but he's from the same world as Amran. So we learn of one of the Bone Carver's siblings. Um, he has a twin sister, and that twin sister we actually met in the last book. Because um, that twin sister is the weaver whom Feyre stole Reeson's mom's wedding ring back from. But from the same world as Amran, which is yeah. ancient, <laughs> powerful beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Well, and at first, I think the bone carver, he was kind of, when when Feyre goes down there, she's trying to draw him out, and he's like, there's nothing that I want that's going to draw me out of this place. Like, I'm happy down here. You know, like, 
there's nobody that can hurt me down here. And then he's like, fine, fine, fine. So he picks the hardest thing for her, which you end up finding out that's when she comes and finds him and gives him the mirror later on. He's like, you did it. And then yeah. he was like, I don't actually want it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, he, Feyre doesn't know how to take no for an answer. And so she keeps pestering him like, please, please, please. There has to be something you want. So he literally thinks of the most impossible thing in the world. So she'll shut up. Well, because, and I love that part, is that he said, you want to be pretty much deserving of me and my my skills if you couldn't retrieve that for me. You need to be able to kind of defeat yourself and defeat all of the... Fair has so I think we talked about this before baggage and everything like Fair has so much of it and when you look into that mirror that's all you see is all baggage yeah very true the one thing I really love about the bone carver is we all we really hear about him is he's this death god he's terrifying like everyone keeps asking Fair they're like why are you going into the prison to see him like he's they think he's evil um I don't think he's evil at all because he he sacrifices himself for them to win the war. I don't. They right. would not have won that war without him. Without him. So if if you haven't read this far and you're just listening to us, um, he basically sacrifices him to the cauldron. So and that heat from whenever he sacrifices himself just like destroys everyone. Mm-hmm. So without him, I don't think they would have won. No. But also, I think that says a lot about Pharaoh because there's a lot of these, you know, creatures like the Sorelli. Um, yeah. When she goes into the forest. Oh, my God. The last time and he ends up dying. We'll talk about know? that in a little bit. But I pull oh. my eyes Right. <laughs> but see, but like, it's these creatures that you want to necessarily call nice. It's um, uh, What is that? Is it Rudolph? Um, where like the band of <laughs> Misfit Island? Like, that's like. Fair right. just collects these little misfits. She does. And like even the the creature at the bottom of the library, like she makes a deal with him and uh, oh yeah, arcs out. So I mean Feyre, she's just she speaks to I think because maybe she was one of them. I mean, she was not in this inner circle. She wasn't a no offense to Cassian or even though that Cassian and As probably they did not have a great upbringing, better than I mean Pharaoh's. Fair had it rough. Yeah, and on the topic of that, I guess that's a good segue into our next, like, I don't really have a question here, but we got to mention Bryaxis, who is yes. the creature of nightmares that lives at the bottom of the pit in the library. Um, When we were first introduced to him, I believe it's Cassian, um, who was so mm-hmm. that to this day he's never told anyone about what he saw. Um, like it, it scared Cassian, this big brave soldier, well, so bad that he won't even talk about it. Well, I think it was a bet when Cassian and um Reason were younger, they had a bet, and Cassian had to go down there and see it. And then when he came up, he was a different person. He was, you cannot go down there. Yeah. And years later, Reason was like, "I'm gonna do, it, I'm gonna do it," and Cassian told him, "Don't do it. Don't. I'm not gonna let you." Um, and. Feyre doesn't mean to see this beast, um, but she is led to the beast because remember that's when Hypern's people they infiltrated the library. Yeah, and she has nowhere else to go. She's with Nesta, and they can only go down. 
and so they are being led down to the beast. So she's down there with this beast, and the only thing she can do is make a deal with the devil. Yeah, so she makes another deal, and do you remember what he asked for in exchange for his allegiance? Some. But he asked for, oh, no, he asked for a window to be installed so we can look up at the sun and the stars. Yes, yes. Yep, so she, like, is just collecting these, like, band of misfits that are, like, so horrifying that nobody lives to tell the tale of them except for Feyre. Special, special Feyre. Um, and then there's, like, another creature. What's the last creature that they get to work for them? But Reason makes a deal. The Weaver. The Weaver, that's right. Mm-hmm. That is right. I, fo- I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that. So Reason ends up making a deal with the Weaver while we have Pharaoh out here making deals with um the Bone Carver and Bryaxis. And I I don't know if it's called Bryaxis. That's what I pronounced it as. So yeah. Don't shoot that's the messenger. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, okay. Not to skip forward at all, but I just have to note this. Later on, obviously, we're leading up to a war. Obviously, there's going to be a war that happens. And when Pharaoh kind of brings the Bone Carver and Braxis and all these like the creatures that she's kind of done and then pretty much like recent is just okay cool like when did you do all this like why didn't you tell me about it yeah like well i just didn't want to like i was scared of what your reaction would be he was like well you shouldn't have been cool for you guess what i did too behind your back behind her bt dubs i also got a bad act it's just so funny like they're like She's just so traumatized and PTSD of how men are going to react that she goes behind his back and then he goes behind her back and he's like, well, we both didn't tell each other. Yeah. Um, Because we both have like PTSD of uh, relationship issues. So let's talk Elaine. Um, what does the cauldron do to Elaine and how does she react this book? So Elaine gets the seer, right? The seer. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets to see her. So she kind of can tell the future. Yep. Um, and it's... So when we first meet Elaine in this book, Elaine is almost like just a shell of herself, right? So she really is refusing to eat. She's not talking to anyone. She's basically just crying all day. And when she's not crying, she's just staring out the window. And again, she's crying because she wants to be human because she is to be engaged to this man who hates Faye. Going back to the topic of Miss Elaine, um, we learned Sorry. out something major about her. Who is her mate? Lucian. Yes, Lucian has my baby. Lucian and Elaine are mates. Um, and so if we didn't mention this earlier, once Farah leaves the spring court and she goes back to the court of nightmare, or not the court of nightmares, Valeris, when she goes back to Valeris, Lucian is like a lost puppy and he's he's sick of Tamlin's shit and he doesn't know what to do and so he just follows Feyre and um Feyre's group Feyre's group hates hated Lucian before um and so but because he's Feyre's friend they're like they tried to give him the benefit of the doubt and so Lucian's just like this awkward third wheel this entire book just kind of hovering in the background doesn't really know what to do he is but let's readdress the situation here Okay, because this was like, I, I loved this scene in the beginning of the book because it was the first um, escalating, I feel like, of the book. So it's when Feyre dis- decides to leave the spring court 
And Lucian's kind of like, well, I'm leaving too. Like, he goes after her. And that's when they have to go. They She can't winnow out of there because her powers are, like, pretty much straight. Oh, yeah. She's so they're having, like, what is it, Feybane? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, Feybane. And so she has to, they have to walk, like, all this way. And if you've read it, I hope that you've looked at the map that Sarah Mass has gratefully made for us. Because I look at it all the time because I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, where are we now? Like, where are we? <laughs> and so they have to walk all that way. And they end up running into Lucian's brothers. Yeah. Oh, Eris. Yes. Fucking hate Eris. Ugh. I just hate all of them. Um, but I feel like that was such a great scene because it really showed, I mean, it was, because you don't get to see that part of Lucian too much because Lucian becomes such a great character in the beginning and then he kind of disappears because he's out on a quest. Lucian, even though I said this in the past two episodes, my new side hoe, besides, like, obviously Reese's my main hoe, but, like, my side hoe would be Cassian. It used to be like Reason and Lucian, and you know how much I love Lucian. Yeah. So now it's Cassian, and I'm just like, oh, Cassian. Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, when we, our next podcast episode, when we discuss Silver Flame, I, ugh, I cannot get enough of Cassian. Like, yeah. I need a whole yeah. podcast dedicated to him. Again, I know we've talked about this. If this were to turn it into like a movie, a TV show, whatever they want to do with it, do you know who has to play Cassian? I know we talked about this before Simpson, but I'm just stressed. Actually, that did not make the cut. <laughs> it didn't. Because I think it's also the whole thing. But again, if this were to be made into a TV show or a movie, I would want Cassian to be played by Miles Teller. Ooh, yeah. I could see that. Oh, I don't know why. Like, he's not like so drop gorgeous where you're kind of like distracted by him. But he also has that masculinity to him that he's, like, kind of like a bad boy. Yeah, I, I see it. You know? Like, I don't know. Like, like he's hot, but he's not, like, wow. Like, Risa needs to be, gosh, you know. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what is the biggest plot twist in this book? And why is it Jurian actually is a good guy and is helping them save the day? multiple times yes no multiple we get warned of jurian i think we first hear about him in a mist and fury um and we're, we just know of him as like a high burn um ally and jurian. he gets resurrected at the end of yeah because that was like who amarantha was with. yes and so he gets resurrected and this whole point we're just like shaking in our boots worried to meet jurian and then we meet him and he's just like this cute little Cute little guy that's uh, a secret agent acting as a spy. Yeah. So just... Elaine and um, Feyre, I mean, he saves them from the Highburn camp. And he also tells them that Tamlin is a spy as well. Or Highburn. Um, so there's a lot of mixed emotions here with, like, who's on whose side. I mean, I remember reading this for the first time and I'm like, okay, wait, who is actually helping who? And then Tamlin, I Okay, so the first time I read this book, I remember texting you at the end. And I think you were still, I just started Mist and Fury. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, oh, I don't know what noise that was. But Tamlin, one of the 
biggest character development and the entire series happens um, in this book at the very end. So we have Tamlin this whole time um, who we think is helping out Highburn. Um, then we learn that he's not. We, we go through all these emotions um, kind of back and forth. Um, I remember the, and towards like the beginning, middle of the book, all of the High Lords meet up at the Summer Court um, because Reeson's trying to get everyone to band together, right? And no one really knows if Tamlin's going to show up. Um, it's a kind of 50-50 shot here. And he does. And there's a lot of banter back and forth between Reeson and Tamlin. You can tell they're like the tensions are there. And then Tamlin comes out of left field and has one of my favorite quotes. And like, I remember reading this and I just stopped dead. I was like, did he just say that? Um, he goes, when you fuck her, have you noticed that little noise she makes right before she yeah. axes? And then Feyre goes, with Reese, it's not little. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Like, shit, this got real. Like, it's so hard because you shoot for tampons so much in the middle. Like, in the, well, in the beginning. And then in the middle, you're shooting for reason. And then the two actually, like, the three of them in this love triangle get together. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? So that was, like, the first time Tamlin, like, stopped me in my tracks when I was reading. And I was like, I'm going to remember this quote forever. And then we get to the end. And a new quote comes. And I'm like... I'm going to remember this quote forever. So, Reese dies at the end of this book. Spoiler alert, he does not die forever. Um, each of the High Lords give him a piece of them, right? Um, and it brings him back kind of like Feyre in book one. But he but, still keeps his powers. Like, he, he still yes. has them. Like the Feyre. So, Feyre realizes in order to save Reese. Tamlin is like the final guy that has to like chip in and help and Feyre's sitting there begging Tamlin like anything you want I'll do anything like just save his life and I, I won't lie there was a moment where I was like Tamlin's gonna just walk away and say fuck no like sorry so going back to to Tamlin he ultimately is the one that saves Reason's life at the end of Wings and Ruin and the other quote that he said here I remember I just started bawling. Um, so as he saves Tamlin, he looks at Feyre and he goes, be happy, Feyre. And then that's, what, it was hard to hate Tamlin after that. I mean, it was it really was. hard. I mean, I honestly just feel bad for him. He's like this pathetic loser that no one wants to be with. Not even his best friend Lucian wants to deal with him anymore. Like, he just lost sorry for him. He lost everyone and everything. Um, but he he had it coming. Yeah. Good. <laughs> the subblock tango here, but yes, the Chicago musical. That's somebody and I's favorite musical of all time. Chicago. See how oh, yeah. this book is so big, it's gonna be all over the place. But yeah. towards the end, that's when the war starts. The hybrid war. And they're losing. They're losing by end. Even with Braxis and um, the Weaver and the Bone Carver, the Bone Carver, they're hurting compared to Hyperin. Hyperin has been Amarantha was nothing. You know, he's just been trooping up people, getting ready for this. And well, they're suffering too. Is it Cassian that gets really, really hurt, or is it Az? 
Cassian. I think it's Cassian. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's like Nesta. Nesta. I don't know how Cassian have like this moment. And Amarin. Oh, my God. I have so many words. She tricks us all. I know. I, whenever I first got to that part with Amarin, um, I was like, no way this evil bitch is actually an evil bitch. And she's not. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not. Okay. How about we just skip ahead towards the end? Because... Yeah, we're just discussing the ending here. Um, like the last two hundred pages, how about? Because everything the first like four hundred pages. Basically, the first half is just recent and crew trying to get allies. Trying, yes. they're they're trying to get Tarquin from the Summer Court to forgive them after the fiascos of Mist and Fury. Um. They're they're just trying to get everyone here on the same page because they know that if they don't, they're gonna lose. Yes, it's getting ready for it's prepping for war. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. So we're at war now. War is happening. Um, everything is bursting to flames, and um, our good friend the surreal makes a reappearance here. Um, Feyre, during the middle of the war, decides she needs to know where. Highburn's hidden forces are right she needs to know and her first instinct is to go find that cereal um remember the cereal in order for him to give you information you have to trap him but he has a soft spot for Feyre Feyre is like the only person that's ever treated him kindly almost <laughs> and um he actually just appears for Feyre and she does not have to trap him um so he reveals that the force has been hidden behind the cauldron. Um, and so he can't figure out where it is. Um, um, but he does reveal to Feyre that Nesta, with her powers, she can track that magic. Um, because like calls to like. We have this quote a lot in the series, like mm -hmm. calls to like. Um, and it's basically just saying that Nesta is made of the same, is made of the same as the cauldron. And because they're made of the same, she has an unnatural gift to be drawn towards it. Um, but he does reveal that the answer to nullify the cauldron's magic, um, this is where he tells her to re-look at that book again. Um, because the, the answers are there. <laughs> They're buried down deep into that book. Um, and then this scene had me sobbing. So as Farah and the Serial are talking about this book, the bitch-ass Ianthe shows up with an ash arrow and shoots the cereal after he refuses to answer her questions. Um, so the cereal gets shot with an ash arrow and is dying and tells Feyre to run, but Feyre never listens. Um, she, she traps Ianthe and the soldiers here and she kills them. Um, she avenges his death and she stays, she stays with the cereal while he's dying. Um, and another lord finds her. Yes. Um, but, but this is where the serial just, he tells her that he showed up this time. Not because she trapped him, but because she showed him kindness. And he wasn't used to that. And the fact that the last time they had met in Mist and Fury, Pharaoh was so kind to him, he never forgot that. Oh, um, actually. I did too, because he makes one final request to Pharaoh. He asks Feyre, he says, quote, Feyre Archerin, a request, leaves this world a better place than how you found it. And then he dies. And I was a blubbering mess. Mm -hmm. I was a blubbering mess. 
in the last half of this book. Yeah. But that quote, leave the world a better place than how you found it, it just hit so hard because Well, especially because he's such a creature that isn't supposed to be kind. Like, I mean, he has a reputation. Yeah. I mean he's supposed to be kind. Back to the band of misfits here. Feyre has has <laughs> this um notor she's notorious for befriending the not so pretty creatures, the ones that might be a little bit rough around the edges. <laughs> so my favorite character in the series, um, as I've mentioned previously, is Moore. Um, I just love her wit, her strength, everything about her. Um, and in this book, we learn a lot about Moore and her background. Um, so we mentioned him earlier. Eris is Lucian's brother. So when Moore was younger, um, her parents basically like sold her off to Eris to be married, right? Yes. And um, Moore just wasn't having it. Moore's a very independent, strong bitch. Um, she she doesn't like to be told what to do either, and she did not want to be um, married to this man at all. He's not a great guy. <laughs> um, but long story short, she meets Reese Kaz. Cassian and Azriel. She meets the three of them. And um Azriel just immediately has feelings for Moore. Moore knows that she's not dumb. Um, and that's this is why she chooses Cassian. She chooses to sleep with Cassian to lose her virginity. So um same a lot of pure. I'm sorry, I would totally choose Cassian. <laughs> Me too, girl. But yeah, so she 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 mentions that she chooses Cassian because she couldn't do that to Azriel because no. Azriel Azriel was in love with her and she doesn't love him back, which we will we will mention here after. Um, yes, I, I say this little background, but um, Don't so sorry, she yeah she sleeps with Cassian. Um, War gets back around to Eris that she's no longer a virgin, she's no longer pure, and um, he basically beats the shit out of her and leaves her wounded. Um, for dead, leaves her for dead. He what he staple like he put things puts what in her nails into her stomach and her yep. abdomen. Yep. Um. And her parents disown her. Um. And so she had who finds her? She's found by recent and no, no, she's found by Az. Oh, you're right. By Az, Az finds her and like that's why I think he feels so. Well, he was already in love. With he was already in love with her, but that even made it worse because yeah, he saw her at her worst. You know, like she was thrown out for scraps. You know. Yep. Um. And so, and then she basically goes to live with Reason, Azriel, and Cassian, and lives out her life there. But so that's kind of like her background in TLDR, <laughs> but. We do learn something here about her. So yeah. Azriel's been in love with her since the day he met her. And um everybody picks up on it. Everyone knows. And Moore just kind of has always not denied his advances, but never pursued them. And we're all like, what is wrong with her? Like Well, and especially Feyre. Feyre asked about it multiple times during the series. Yeah, and and Moore just kind of just pretend it well, doesn't exist but we learn at least tells to reason and reason says it's none of our business yeah because that's just a man's <laughs> like none of our business yeah but what do we learn about more why why did why can she not return those feelings 
because Mueller doesn't like men. She likes women. Our good friend Moore is a lesbian, but nobody knows this except Feyre now. But, like, I would say more, she doesn't, like, she's not, like, a full-blown lesbian. Like, I would say, like, she doesn't mind to be with a man because we see her multiple times with a man in the series. Oh, yeah. I think she's definitely bisexual, but she... She leans. She has a theater. Sexually, yeah, she likes men and women, but I think emotionally, she only likes women. Yes, that that's good. You can never be with a man emotionally, and I don't, you know, I, I mean, I don't blame her. Men don't have emotional intelligence. She's like... Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. But yeah, she she does sleep with a lot of men throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, she there was no emotion between her and Cassie, and besides friends, it was like, like they could leave sex at sex, mm-hmm. and she didn't think Azrael had it in him to like draw the line at just sex. No, he would not have. No, there's no way. That's like Cassian is the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her. I would have chose Cassian too. I would have chose Cassian. Hundred times. I don't know. Honestly, okay, and this is a lot. Um, if you put Reason and Cassian in front of me, who would I want to be? Oh, I- I'm going Cassian. One hundred percent. He just hundred percent bad boy. Like, and I haven't even gone to Silver Flame, and I know that's like a lot of the the dirty, dirty. Right? Like, are in my head, I've convinced myself that if I were to ever meet Cassian, we would fall madly in love. And you know that Renee rap, like, soundbite from TikTok, and it's like, what gave you the confidence? And she's like, uh, delusion. I'm like, that's, that's what I feel right now. Like, this is just what I have, that Cassian and I. He's not even real, guys. I'm, like, you sitting here drooling over this family. Well, man. okay, don't you know how, did you see the TikTok where somebody, they were reading the series when it came out? So, A Court of Dorns and Roses, I believe, came out in 2015. And before they even finished the book, they got a Tamlin tattoo. Did you see hey, that? Yes. Yeah. So like, they got a Tamlin tattoo before they knew who Tamlin was. And that's me. It would be like me getting like a Lucian tattoo and like scratching it out <laughs> and putting Cassian. Oh. Not that I hate Lucian anymore. I just, I found a better man's. Ca- Cassian is just, he's funny. He's like, Arrogant, arrogant. I love arrogancy. He's just like, oh, I want to like butter off of his abs. Yeah, like I just, I love him. I love him so much. The delusion in my head, like, oh. And you want to discuss it here? I mean, there's no spoilers for. And well, and I'm I'm like forty pages. I'm forty pages to the end, so I mean, so basically, here's the plot of Frost and Starlight. Um. They drink lots of wine, and they have solstice, which is like their Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where I'm at. They're, they're at solstice. So after the war, Nesta is really fucked up. Um, her and Cassian, um, there's been like the sexual tension all throughout Wings and Ruin, and then there's a moment at war when they both realize that they could die, and Nesta's like, I think I really like this man. And girl, get in line. Get what? in line. Okay, okay. I'm going to get really close to the microphone. And what do they do? Do you know what do they do? No. They kiss. Oh, that's right, they do. They kiss. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I had to get really ASMR there. But uh, Esther but basically almost sacrifices herself to protect us. She yeah. does. And then she sacrifices herself to everybody. And I guess it's this is a good time between because we haven't really finished Wings and Ruin, the ending of it. So they they win the war. Yeah, they win. They obviously. 
uh, everybody survives. And so. Well, reason does it by until Tamlin brings he, them back. Yes. And we, I mean, we touched on that. And so they all like make it alive. But now it's like, okay. What to do? Hyperburn is dead because, so again, Elaine stabs Hyperburn because he's so concerned about um, Nesta and Cassian being right there. She sneaks up and stabs him because Az gives her a knife. Could you imagine if Az doesn't give her that knife? Oh, I know. Like, who would thought little old, like, little dainty Elaine would be the one to kill the king? Right, like no, let's, let's saw that coming. But no, let's rewind. Let's rewind about like a chapter. So who shows up right at the brink of time in the war? I, I was about to say this. Fucking Papa Archerin. I was about to say it on a ship. Ever mentioned that? Yes. No. He comes rolling out on a ship with a army of humans, um, and basically saves the day. Yeah. And then he dies. And then he dies. Sadly. <laughs> and I think. As we roll into um, Frost and Starlight, that is why Nesta is such in her depression. Is because she had to see that all roll out. She had to. She tried to save herself. She tried to save her father. She tried to save Cassian, and she had to make choices. You know, and yeah, I think she feels you can't re- save everybody. She's, she feels guilty that her dad died. Um, well, in front of she's also she's also pissed as long as as is Feyre. Um, they're. They have this love-hate relationship with their father. Their father does not provide for them whenever they needed him most. Um, so do they resent him? Yes. And now she feels guilty for resenting him because he just gave his life to save save theirs. Um, and so... I, well, and especially because, like, they never got any closure. They never... There was no... They never got to talk to him. Frost and Starlight is all about having to adjust to this post-war life. Um it's a difficult situation for all of them. Um, Feyre is learning how to just settle. She's never just settled. Um, and so she gets really back into painting. Um, Nesta goes and lives in her own apartment because she doesn't even want to be around the core group anymore. Um, Elaine is living with Reese and Feyre. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still Lucian's mate, but no progress on that front. She still wants nothing to do with him. Um, so in this book, Frost and Starlight, Feyre really one of the ways she kind of like gets out her feelings post war is she gets really heavily back into painting. Um, in Valeris, she meets a woman named Racina, um, who is an artist. And Racina kind of tells her about this little um studio that she can visit anytime she wants to paint and ultimately her and Rosina end up opening up a little shop there um and start painting lessons or art classes for the citizens of Valeris um especially kids um to have a way for them to get out their emotions to kind of help regulate their thoughts and feelings okay a lot I mean a lot of these kids lost parents in the war um lost loved ones and so they they're just kids they don't know how to regulate what they're feeling and art Art's super important. Um, regardless of who you are, there's always some sort of form of art that can help express those thoughts that maybe you can't verbalize. Um, so I think that's really cool. Feyre, she does open that shop with Racina. Um, and that's about all Feyre does in this. Um, there is one other thing that Feyre does that I love. 
Um, so right before solstice, solstice is like their Christmas. Um, she's left in charge of decorating the house, and I think it's her and Azriel mm-hmm. get really, really no. drunk on wine. Her and Cass. Oh, it's okay, Cassian, of course, because Azriel. That's part, her. yeah. So <laughs> Feyre and Cassian well wasted on wine, and well, Azriel walks in and he's yes. like, "What are you guys doing?" And they're like, "Decorating." Well, I just picture it because it's all of those. What are they called? Like garland? Garland. Yes, garland. <laughs> um, so like they're all stringing because Cassian has it, all this garland. And then Ferris kind of like, what are you doing? And then he's <laughs> like, well, I, I, you need to get ready for solstice. <laughs> like this is your job as high lady pretty much. And then she's like, well, let's get some wine because Cassian always wants to drink. It's like a running joke that he always drinks. Uh, Reasons, well, yeah, he drinks and wine. And all those like expensive ass wine. Yes. And, uh, well, in the most, I cracked up laughing. Uh, as finally takes this, like he takes the bottle from Feyre of this fancy wine and just chugs a chug bottle. And who walks in? Reason. Yeah. And Reason <laughs> like, oh, that's where all my fancy wine has gone. And Azrael's like, no, Azrael's like, it's not me. It's not me. He's like, trust me, bro. I know it's not you. <laughs> so I think that's just, if that doesn't explain as compared to Cassian, I don't know what does. Like, Azrael, like, most of the time, like, Azrael is such a people pleaser unless it comes to protecting. If it's coming to protecting, then Az is going to be like, put me in coach. And that's what he says during it in Wings and Roni. He says, put me in coach even though he's hurt but cassian is just more of such a, she's so goofy he's such a goofball i love him so much i just um, i just want to know i have lots of feelings about cassian like why are we doing why can't books be real <laughs> we talked about how kind of how Feyre is handling herself in this book she's she's turned towards painting um so she took her pain and kind of made a beautiful thing out of it right um on the other hand nesta is the polar opposite nesta is not handling post-war well she is living on her own in this little apartment refuses to hang out with the gang um even after her and cassian shared that wonderful kiss and moment on the battlefield she's just like cut him off completely and she is drinking herself into oblivion and just having cars <laughs> she's going to the bar every night getting drunk playing cards, and then just taking a random guy home and having sex. Um, and it's not a healthy coping mechanism no. at all. And then it's it's so polar opposite also because Elaine has opened up. Elaine has oh, yeah. opened up now compared to what she was in Mist of Fury. Elaine is running his garden, and then she's also... She's also befriended the 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 kitchen staff, and so she yes. like BFFs with the kitchen staff here, and she's like making elaborate desserts and like she wants a purpose. She Elaine always wanted a purpose. She wants to feel human again, and I think maybe that quote unquote servant life makes her feel like she has a purpose again. And so happy for Elaine. And Elaine's channeling Favor's channeling her energy into painting. Elaine's channeling her energy into baking. And then we have Nesta, who's just not channeling her energy in a have good me. way, healthy way. I know, but everybody has been a Nesta before. Oh, it, yeah. 
you you have to go through your emotions and nesta went through something very traumatizing and she doesn't want to be she never wanted to live here she wanted to be a human but at the same time i'm like damn it cassian loves you like i'm just waiting for the moments where he's like oh my it's my mate wait until silver flame there is so much sex between those two like filthy smutty sex non-stop between those two okay off off the podcast or the mate. Um, they haven't said it yet, but I'm pretty sure. I I think I think Cassian knows and he just hasn't told her yet. Um but I hope not he knows. Like I hope he's pulling like a reason that he doesn't want to scare her. Yeah. I'm like ninety percent sure from just like TikToks that I've seen. Um I just need but... that to be I just I don't know. I want everybody to have happily ever after. Elaine, Lucian, Reeson, Feyre, Cassian, and Nesta, and Tamlin to just... Tamlin to find somebody. I mean, I don't want Tamlin to be empty. Let's talk about... So, let's, let's talk about Tamlin in this book. Have you have you met... Have, well, have you met Tamlin? Have you encountered Tamlin yet in um, Frost and the Starlight? Yes. So, I'm pretty sure they, like, describe him as, like, years overdue for a haircut and he's just looking like a hot mess yeah well because reason goes to visit him and you know reason and Feyre, i love their relationship they're very talkative they don't keep anything very open they, they they do keep things between their their backs but they are very open and so reason does go to Feyre and says hey i'm gonna go to spring court um to talk to tamlin because lucian's there and all that and then Feyre, he invites Feyre. He's like, yeah. you want to come? And she's like, hell no. She says no, which I actually, I thought that she would be like, okay, yeah, I want to go. And but she says no. She's like, I can't, I can't handle that right now. And so when he visits Spring Court, he sees the destruction. He sees it. He's like, this man has gone mad. There's nobody here, A. Oh yeah, because he he lost every well, Feyre turned everyone against him at the beginning of um, Wings and Ruin, and the only person he had left was Lucian. And Lucian, Lucian at this point, as a little side note, Lucian has gone to live with Jurian. Um, He's found Mm -hmm. real friendship in Jurian and what's what's her name, Vasa. So he's not even living with. um, He's not even living with Feyre anymore. Lucian is kind. I believe they like they, they call themselves as something like like they call themselves like the band of misfits or something like that. Jerome, Vasa, and Lucian. But so oh, yeah, Tammy's all alone. Yeah, but Lucian does. He he still feels an ounce of like I'm sorry to Tamlin. Like he's still his friend. So at this point, where I, I wouldn't say he's his friend, he pities him and he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to be his friend anymore. Um, no. They're in this awkward, like, Lucian wants to help Tamlin, but Tamlin is not ready to accept help. No. But when Reeson gets to Tamlin, he's pretty much just saying, like, again, like, the borders, like, not to keep them secure, but to make sure there's still people who are out there who are supporting. Well, yeah, I have to say, Tamlin doesn't have a army anymore and so no. there is no one protecting his border and he is on the line he was by the wall to begin with really recent done. shows up and he's basically like dude just accept my help take my army and tamlin's like i don't want anything to do with you and your army um but then i think recent goes because he's like fine fuck you don't want my help fuck off and then recent goes home 
fools his head and then i believe he speaks with tarquin of the summer court is that who he ends up talking with um and he, the summer court ends up loaning him some troops is that right or have you even got that far there's really nothing to spoil on this book like i'm sorry there's not there's not um happens there's just like nothing happens opened it really and it ends because like so when i'm eating my kindle like if i wasn't paying attention to the percentage at the bottom so i have no idea how much i have left and i'm like wait this is the end this is like that last page what like well today okay okay i don't even care about that because nothing happens like okay so like i had probably like what 200 pages left in wings and ruin last night because for my birthday kevin got me a reading light to clip to my books because I don't have a lamp on my side yeah. that I wanted a reading light. And so I was reading last night in bed till like 10. And I was probably like 150 pages to the end. And I was like, all I want to do is read, Kevin. So I have a couple questions here on um, Frost and Starlight. We got to give it the, the proper treatment. Um, there's not much to ask when there are little things here. So, and because you're not quite done yet, I'll make sure that they're all appropriate with what you've read so far so what were reese and cassian trying to do for the illyrian females what or who made it so challenging and why is this so important to them reese and cassian really want the young illyrian females to be involved mm -hmm. um they don't believe that just because you're female you should be in the kitchen um they let them train right alongside with the boys they're feminists um, but then we have Devlon, who, um, he's one of the Illyrian warlords, um, and he's looking over the Windhaven camp in the Illyrian mountains, and he's, he's a sexist. He's constantly telling the young women to get into the kitchen, or he's wanting to, them to end practice early so they can go help make dinner or whatnot, and it's super important for Reese and Cassian that they... If, I mean, if they want to do that, sure. But if they want to be there training alongside the men or the young men, um, it's important for Reese and Cassian to empower the young girls. And I love that. Oh, for sure. And especially like Cassian is pretty much like the person that says it. And then he, like the, do you, what's his name? Devlon. Devlon, he looks at Reese and was like, "Hi, Lord. Like, am I like, what do you say?" And he was like, "Whatever Cassian says." Yeah. So, Cassian is basically like his like recent like anything that goes along with like training and fighting and war. Like Cassian gets the final say, even though Reese is High Lord. If Cassian says those young women are training right along with the young men, that's, that's what's gonna happen. Um, and. The, our, our friend Devlin is not really happy about this. Um, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I feel like that's such a big... I love how they're giving Cassian such a title, you know? Yeah. Like a purpose. Not yes. a title, but, like, a purpose. He means so well. He it makes Cassian so even much fucking hotter or whatever. He, exactly. He's so determined to let these women train. Yeah. I mean, I could go into further a... detail about this, but why why do you think it's so important for Cassian that these these young women feel empowered? Well, I think it goes back to his mom. His and... mom. Yeah. So 
long story short, his mom was raped by a warrior um, back in the day, and she got pregnant. And so being pregnant out of wedlock was, like, the worst thing to ever happen. Um, and then when Cassian was three years old, he was taken from her and brought to the Winhaven camp. And this is where he met Reeson, and Reeson's mom kind of raised Cassian um, because Cassian was taken from his mom. Um, and he, he didn't really know what happened to his mom after that until he got older and he went back to the village. And this is where he learned that after he was taken from her, his mom was forced into like hard, heavy labor until she eventually died. Um, Cassian does avenge her death by slaughtering everyone in that village. Um, and I mean... I don't know if he really talks about it in Frost and Starlight, but I know he does in Silver Flame. He opens up to Nesta about how, like, his own struggles. Because um, he's, he, he killed all these people, right? <laughs> um, it, he, I mean, he didn't kill the children. He didn't kill some women, but he still murdered tons and tons of people to avenge his mom's death. But mm -hmm. I totally think that's why he's so adamant that these women train because... He has, he's got mommy issues. He does, for sure. He has woman issues. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does. And then, of course, like, he falls in love with Nesta, right? He couldn't, he's got issues. <laughs> he picked, like, the one girl that, like, he could have, he could have chose Elaine, who's, like, level-headed and calm when he had to go for fiery Nesta. Yeah. But Elena's has Lucian. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's very tying. Like, would you put like a dragon with a cat? Like, you know, you you know, like you know, you have to even it out. Like Nesta is fire. You have to put fire with lightning, and Cassian is definitely equal to fire. <laughs> well, this kind of like segues into my next question. So Cassian in this one names several of Nesta's poses. And he's constantly pushing her and just looking for some sort of response out of her. Why do you think he antagonizes her so much? I think because he knows she has it in her, you know? Exactly. She can draw it out. Like, he knows her potential. He's purposely, I mean, the the easy answer is saying, like, he's yeah, he's picking on her because he's flirting with her because he likes her. Like, ooh, but I don't. I didn't see it that way. I mean, yeah, I mean, to a point, yeah, he does like her. And so he is, there is a natural thing when you like someone, you, you, you tease them. We don't see any emotions really from Nesta besides anger. And um, she's kind of like hiding away in this apartment, drinking herself to death. And she's not letting herself feel. She's not letting herself feel the aftermath of war. And so... The fact that she's feeling anger or annoyance with Cassian when he picks on her like this is better than nothing, you know? Like, yes. It's better to feel anger than nothing at all. Um, mm -hmm. So it's almost like he's pushing her to feel her emotions, to, to stop being a zombie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I get it. Like, I mean, Favor went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, after, yeah, whenever Reeson saved her from the Spring Court in book mm -hmm. two. So, I mean, like, I get it, Feyre, she tries to, at some point, I've already read in Frost and Starlight, where she goes and tries to talk to Elaine, or, I mean, Nesta, into 
coming back, you know, like hanging out, like, why didn't you come to dinner, yada, yada, yada. And so after Nessa shows up at Winter Solstice, she's just not fitting in. She's not comfortable. Um, So she just leaves. Um, And she starts walking home. And so Cassian follows her out the door and is like, girl, I'm not letting you walk home alone. Like, it's late. You don't need to be walking home alone. So I will walk with you to your apartment. Um, and he also is carrying a gift because he got her a solstice gift. Mind you, nobody else got her a gift. Well, remember when do I need to get any of the girls? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no. So Cassian gets Nesta a gift. And um, he's walking home with her and he's just pushing her buttons, like we mentioned, obviously. And um, Cassian, I think, calls her unlovable or something like that and ask her to try just for her sister's sake because Feyre and Elaine have given up so much and Nesta won't even give an inch. And she says something to Cassian here that really just, like, hurts him. And he takes the gift that he has for her and throws it in the river. Um, I think I found it. Because it was saying she turned away towards her apartment, her grimy part of the city, it was instinct to lunge for her free hand. He gloved fingers scraped against his callus, but he held firm. Talk to me, Nesta. Tell me. She ripped her hand out of her grip, stared him down, a mighty vengeful queen. He waited, panting for verbal lashing to begin for her to shred him into ribbon. But Nesta only stared at him, her nose crinkling, stared, then snorted and walked away as if he were nothing, as if he weren't worth her time. The effort. A low-born Illyrian bastard. This time, when she continued onward, Cassian didn't follow. He watched her until she was shadow against the darkness, and then she was vanished completely. He remained staring after her, that person in his hand. Cassian's fingers had dug into the soft wood of the small box. He was grateful the street were empty when he hurled that box into the Sidra. Hurled it hard enough that the splash echoed off the building, flaking the river, high cracking from the impact. Icy instantly reformed over the hole, he blown open as if in the present had never opened. Uh, yeah. So that's basically the end of the book. And yeah, there's like about like 10 pages left of that. Yeah, so basically the, the book ends with, I've already talked about Feyre, Favor buys his painting studio and but, opens yeah. and has classes. But that's the last time we see Nesta. And I got a lot of feelings about Nesta and Cassian. And that I didn't think anyone was going to top Favor in recent. But like Nesta and Cassian, like the slow burn that we've had between Wings and Ruin, Frost and Starlight, and then finally them like getting, well, even they're like, even where I'm at in Silver Flame, they're like just sex buddies at this point. So they're not even together together. Um, so it, it, it def- you definitely earn their relationship. I just want it. I just want the relationship. I just want a favor in recess. Honestly, I hope more doesn't have a mate. I like more being more. I don't yeah. know. I think if anyone's going to stay alone, it should be her. I feel like, but without more, there's going to be as. Because as, even though he needs to be mates... I don't think as move. I don't think it, he's been like five hundred years, and the dude's still hung up. 
and that's why I'm kind of like more. I mean, it's not making me so happy. <laughs> if I was more, I'd be like, yeah, I'm hot shit. Right? But then I'd be like, I'm Cassian. Oh, yeah. Well, she chose to fuck him. Okay. Also, I'm at the part where, like, you know, like they're talking about solstice, and it's also Feyre's 21st birthday. And I'm, oh, yeah. She's such a babe. I know. I always forget that she's that young. Such a baby. Oh, a little baby. Because Cassian makes fun of with um like recent he was like, like you're only like five hundred years old. You're five hundred and seventy six and she's twenty one. Yeah. I made that number up, but you know, I mean you're probably not far off. I mean well, it's like in Twilight, Bella's fucking seventeen, sixteen years old and Edward's a thousand. Like, why do I relate so much of this to Twilight and Hunter? I don't know. Harry Potter. Like, they're, like, if anybody ever likes those three books. Yep. What, our next episode is our last one for Akatar. I know. And I'm sorry that Wings and Rune was so messy, but. Yeah, Wings and Rune was messy and um, Frost and Starlight didn't get its own episode, but it, it wasn't really deserving of its own episode. Yeah, definitely not. Frost and Starlight, because you can read that within half a day. Hey, fuck, Mary kill. The reactors? Yeah. The axis? Okay. The weaver and the bone carver. I would probably marry the bone carver, fuck, reaxis, and then kill the weaver. So I am going to marry Briaxis, really? um, just because I don't think he'd be fun to fuck, because he, he, you see a nightmare. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. And I, and I, I got my, see, that's how I feel about the weaver. So the weaver, weaver is kill. She's she yeah. an old hag. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck the bone carver because I think I said, I think we played fuck, Mary kill with him last time. And, um, he's going to look like Bill Skarsgård or Harry Styles for me. But see, I would say Mary, the bone carver. I think we did vice versa with this. Yeah. And so the weaver, yeah, def- yeah, she's dead. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, Mary, kill. Amran, Moore, mm-hmm. and Nesta. Okay. I'm gonna... That's hard. Okay, okay. I'm gonna... Okay, right. wait, wait, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. I'm gonna fuck more because I feel like she knows what she's doing. And then Amran, I'm going to kill... We're on the same page. And then... Mary Nesta. Mary Nesta, yeah. Sorry, Amran. Sorry, Amran. I mean, Amran's too creatured. I mean... I just love the other two too much. Yeah. Nesta at least has a point of human to her. That I would be like, okay. But like, come on. I'll get dirty with um more. Oh yeah, she's she is like she likes boys and girls, so she knows she's doing everything. She she's doing. Um, just need Cassian spinoff. I would do unspeakable things to Cassian, right? Like you know, like when you think that you would do the worst to reason, and you're like, no, like wow, and then like Cassian, and then you're just wow. He's just so 
goofy and fun and it's the cockiness like why why is cockiness hot why is my emphasis with fictional men but well i'm excited to to record more and i'll see you next time see you next time on reading between the lines bye bye